the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. We've been looking at different elements of our thinking process. We've talked about our perspective. We've talked about expectations. We've talked about our attitude. And I want to talk this weekend about another aspect of your thinking that maybe you've never really connected with, with your thought process, but it is an essential aspect of it, and that relates to the commitments of your life. Your commitment, the commitments that you make in your life, really reflect the way you think, your mindset. Oftentimes we talk about setting your mind to do something or setting your mind to be something. You set your mind to maybe work out or you set your mind to learn a musical instrument or you set your mind on going to a particular vacation or you set your mind or your heart on a relationship. These things relate to your thinking process and they also reflect a sense of commitment in your life. When you set your mind to something, you're making a commitment to something. So these come together. And I want to talk to us about this idea of commitment. As I was looking through Scripture and preparing this message several weeks ago, and I was thinking about this whole element of commitment, I began to realize that first and foremost, the Bible talks about God's commitments to us, that God never asks you and I to do something unless He has now demonstrated it by His nature and by His character. So let's walk through just a little bit of a foundation before I give you some things tonight that you can work on in your life as well. But let's remember a few things about commitment. Jesus committed himself to us, did he not? Of course he did. Look at what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset, there it is, as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Here's the commitment. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, that's commitment, being made in human likeness, being formed in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. I would say that was a big commitment. Would you agree? Even death on a cross. So Jesus was committed to us and indeed is. Now, of course, the Father God is committed to us. God is committed to you and me as well. This is, again, found all throughout the pages of Scripture. Let's take a look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, what it says. 
These are the words of Jesus speaking about the Heavenly Father. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father, what does He do? feeds them. That's commitment. Are you not much more valuable than they? So Jesus has demonstrated his commitment to us. God is committed to us. And then God calls you and me to be committed to him. That when you and I enter into a relationship with God, it is a commitment. That's all. That's really what a relationship is. You, make a, you have a relationship with a person means you're making a commitment. The relationship, as we'll talk about later, goes deeper by, by way of commitment. The deeper the commitment, the deeper the relationship. And so God calls us to commit to Him. Take a look at this particular verse of Scripture and the commitment we're called to. Same chapter of Matthew, chapter 24, excuse me, chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Now, a master is someone that rules over you, someone that you're committed to obeying. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. In this particular case, he says you cannot serve both God and money. I would go as far as to say and think the Scripture is very clear. You can't serve God and anything else. Okay. God has to have first place in your life. So it's not just money, but it's anything that becomes an idol that is a call to commitment. God also calls us to be committed to something called the church. The church is the gathered group of God's believers in, in any local gathering. We're a local church, and God calls us to be committed to a church. You need to be committed to a church. We all do. It's a call that's been given to us to make this kind of commitment. Take a look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Again, I'm laying a foundation for where we're going to go in just a moment in terms of our duties and what we learn about commitment in our lives. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Not giving up, what? Meeting together, coming together as the church. Don't let that drift from your life. We're also called to share the gospel with other people. We're called to make that commitment. It's not just something that's an option. Jesus wants each one of us engaged in telling the good news. Would you agree with me that the world has enough bad news? Would you agree with that, right? And does the, does the world have enough bad news messengers? <laughs> no question about that. 24-7 news cycles all over the place and bad news, bad news, bad news. So there's plenty of bad news. And so Jesus calls us to not be disseminators of bad news, but to be distributors of sharing the gospel, which literally means good news. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, here's our call to commitment. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then we're called, very important, to make a commitment to one another. We need each other. You and I can't make it in our spiritual life alone. I'm glad I have brothers and sisters in Christ, aren't you? 
I'm glad I have brothers that are holding me up in prayer and helping me along in my journey. And I hope that I can do the same for others. And we have people that are part of our faith journey and we're to be committed to them in relationship. That's why Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens. That's a commitment. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. The Apostle John says it this way in 1 John 4, 7, dear friends, that's the, all of us as believers in Christ, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So what I've laid out for you is just the basic idea, very quickly, six things I gave you that gives us an understanding that commitment is really big to God and you can't commit without the right mindset. Your mind gets involved in commitment. Commitment is engaging your mind to choose a certain aspect of your life. Right commitments and wrong commitments, for that matter, have to do with your thinking process. So I'm going to share with you over these next several moments as we're sort of uh, moving toward the end of this series. Next weekend, we'll wrap it up uh, with our last message together. Actually, I think there are two more messages in the series. But I'm going to talk to you about this whole idea of commitment in your life. How do you set your mind in the right way and what are the benefits of doing so? I like, one of the things that helps me in my life is I like to know the benefit of doing something, don't you? Okay. Because if I know the benefit of it, it motivates me, it inspires me to engage in it much more actively and much more uh, enthusiastically. So let's look at some benefits of having your mind in the right place in terms of commitments in your life. Here's our first benefit. Right commitments, first of all, they direct your attention to what is valuable and important. Your attention is what, again, you set your mind on. All of us here tonight only have a certain amount of resources in our life, correct? Your basic resources are your time, your treasure, and your talents. We don't, we don't have unlimited time, correct? Okay. Even in our daily schedules, we only have a certain amount of time. And when it comes to your life, you only have a certain amount of time. You don't know, nor do I, how long that time is. You have a certain amount of treasure that you have access to in your life, and you have a certain amount of talent that you are given, but they're limited in terms of quantity. You don't have an unlimited supply. And so you've got to make a choice as to what you're going to do with your time and your treasure and your talents, because you're not going to take any of that stuff with you when you die, right? Once we're done here, we're done here. Now, heaven is a different place. I don't know everything that's going to happen in heaven, but I assure you it's going to be a whole different time scale in heaven. It's not, we, we won't, I, I don't have the perception that we'll be wearing watches in heaven. I don't think we'll be worried about calendars in heaven, right? Or day planners in heaven. Why? Because we're going to live forever and ever and ever. You don't really have to worry about what time is it when you're going to live forever, right? And so we don't have to worry about, that's not going to be a part of heaven, but we do have to worry about it now. I do know you're not going to take any of your treasure with you to heaven. You're going to leave all that behind. It's been said before, and I've said it before, and perhaps you've heard other people say it before, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. It just doesn't happen, okay? You don't take stuff with you. You can put everything you want to put in your casket. It's not going to go beyond the casket. It'll be in the ground with you, uh, in your body as it deteriorates over time. So these, these are limited, and 
and you're not going to take them with you. And the problem is you've got all these voices screaming at you every day for your time and for your treasure and for your talents. And so a commitment says, I'm going to make commitments. I'm going to think about my time. I'm going to think about my treasure. I'm going to think about my talents, and I'm going to choose where I'm going to invest them. I'm going to choose where I'm going to direct the attention of these three things and make commitments accordingly to the things that actually matter, the things that are valuable and really important. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Here's the commitment to the right resources. This is what a commitment is all about. You're directing your resources, but store up for yourselves where treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here's our second benefit of making the right commitments, thinking the right way. Right commitments drive your energy, okay? Commit, the right kind of commitments in your life actually motivate you in a direction. They, they move you in a direction. If you have the right commitments, they actually energize your life to those things that really matter. It sparks energy inside of you. If you say, I'm committed to my marriage, for example, what that then implies is you're going to put energy into that marriage relationship. If you're committed to your job, what are you going to do? You're going to put energy into that job. And so commitment relates to energy. I like to think of it this way. Commitments in your life are the workhorses of your life. That's really what a all a commitment is. It's the workhorse of your life. I'm committed to this, I'm committed to this, and I'm committed to this, which means that's where my energy is going to go. You put energy into the people and the things you're committed to. Look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 11. Those who work their land, this has broad application, will, I, I love this word, will what? will have, okay? When you put your work into, see, this, the land represents the thing that the farmer is committed to. How I many you know that if you're a farmer, you're highly committed to your land? Your land, you got to take care of that land. You got to know what you planted last year and what you're planning to plant two years down the road because you've got to manage that soil condition. You've got to put the right things into it, make sure the wrong things aren't there. You've got to, your land is very, very important. And the Bible says those who work their land, their commitments they have. There's certain things that people who work the right commitments have that other people don't. Are you hearing me tonight? That was a great place to say amen, but I'm going to forgive you for not doing that. That's all right, okay. Those who work their land will have, what? Abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. You know what a fantasy is? Just lack of commitment. You're all over the place. That's what a fantasy is. You're all over the place in terms of how you're thinking about life. Here we go. Here's number three. Right commitments discipline your emotions. I'll give you in case you're not familiar with exactly what this means here. Disciplines your feelings. And by the way, your feelings really need to be disciplined. Okay? Because one of our biggest challenges in life represents our emotions, our feelings. 
And the problem with feelings is that feelings are extremely unpredictable and feelings are extremely fickle. They're all over the place. And far too many people, I'm telling you, especially in our culture today, I don't think I can even any way overstate this, but far too many people and far too many Christians are, are led by their feelings. They don't realize how their feelings are leading them along in life. They're not being led by their commitments. They're being led by their feelings. Let me say that again. Lots of us are not being led by our commitments. We're being led by our feelings. Can I meddle just a little bit for a moment? That'd be okay? Okay. If you wake up on the weekend, on Sunday morning or Saturday night, whatever your regular time is, and you say, I don't feel like going to church this weekend. Or let's just get like a day-to-day aspect of your relationship. I don't feel like having my devotions this morning. I'm not talking about that you're really sick and you're physically ill or whatever. I'm just talking about just emotion. I don't feel like praying today, okay? Now, even when you don't, I've had to learn in my life that even when I don't feel like praying, I have a commitment that makes me pray, okay, right? When I don't feel like reading my Bible, I, can't, I have to make the choice of saying, I don't want to live by my feelings. I don't feel like reading my Bible today, but, but I'm going to read my Bible because I've made a commitment that this is beneficial to my life. So I want you to see how this connects. So right commitments bring discipline to your emotions. I've seen a, a lot of folks who are extremely talented and extremely uh, have great potential in their life, but they land so far short of their potential all because their, their feelings are always ruling them. There's nothing wrong with feelings. I, I think feelings are great, okay? But feelings were never meant to be in the driver's seat in your life. They can be in the back seat saying, good job, way to go, awesome, but never let them in the driver's seat, okay? Feelings are not meant to be behind the wheel of your life. Commitments are, okay? Commitments are. And so to discipline your commitments mean that you gain control over them by some enforcement, by bringing them into order, by training your, yourself to respond in certain ways that disciplines your emotions, that disciplines your feelings. Look at Psalm 42, verse 11. I love this. You'll see, you'll see passages like this all through the book of Psalms. I just wanted to pull one of them out tonight to show you how David had to deal with his own emotions. I obviously never met David. Looking forward to meeting David when we get to heaven. Okay, uh, All these great psalms he's written. I'd love to have just some time to hang out with them. I think we're probably going to have plenty of time to do that uh, when we get to heaven. But I see these kind of verses in the Bible from David. He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? What is this right here? It is a... What is it? Why am I feeling so downcast? Why so... What is disturbed? These are real feelings. He's not making them up. He's feeling these things. These are real to him. Why? My soul, my inner being. Remember, the the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotion. So your mind is a part of your soul. Why my mind? Why my soul? Why my emotions? Are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? And notice what he does. He's got some pretty negative feelings going on, but what does he do next? What does he say next? Read it with me. Come on, help me out here. Put your hope in God, for I will yet 
praise him, my Savior and my God. Do you see what David is doing there? His feelings are very real, and his feelings are present, but his feelings aren't directing his life. He turns his feelings toward the commitment to put his hope in God and to continue praising him. See, commitment. His commitments are driving his life rather than his emotions. Here's the next thing together. Number four, the fourth thing. Right commitments simplify your decisions. When you make the right commitments, life gets a lot simpler for you. One thing that complicates life is, is decisions. Would you agree? You're trying to make the decision about this and the decision about that. So many decisions that rush into our mind every day. But these right commitments in your life make up decisions for you, okay? They set things in motion. When you make certain key big decisions based on what you're committed to, a lot of the small decisions disappear. You don't even have to worry about them anymore, okay? I used the example a few moments ago about church. When you make the, and I'm not, I'm just, I'm not picking on that one. I'm just using it because it's a good one that we can all particularly relate to, and it has impact in our lives. But I've tried to help people over the years to understand that one of the biggest decisions you can make is to make a commitment to to attend worship, to be in worship every week. Okay. And just to make it a big decision, so I'm going to be in church, I'm going to be in worship every weekend of my life because the Scripture calls me to fellowship with other believers, to not forsake the assembling of myself together with others. I'm making that commitment unless I'm sick or unless we're traveling or on vacation. I've made the commitment. I'm going to be in church. That's a big decision. You know what that does for me? Or does for for me because I'm the pastor. I have to show up, but... uh, I'm not, I want to show up. I'll say it that way. But the point being, it's just the average person here. Just say, what, what that does is you don't even have to think about it when weekend comes up. You don't have to make the decision, are we going to church this weekend? It gets rid of that decision every week, and it simplifies the decisions of your life. And it's true in every realm. It's true for your giving. It's true for your marriage. It's true for the time you'll invest in your kids. It's true for so, so many different things in life. Right commitments simplify your decisions. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. 
You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.